Thank you, Jesus. Praise the living God. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. I spoke a few minutes ago about our, um, some spiritual meat today. Well, this is, what, this is what you're going to get today. So hang on to what you're hearing and let the Holy Spirit minister to you as we listen to the Word of God and hear the Word of God. Today's message is about your ultimate purpose. Today's message is about your ultimate purpose. And did you ever wonder what your real purpose in life is all about? Your real purpose. Did you ever wonder what your real purpose in life is about and what is your ultimate purpose? Many of us have been prophesied over. Many of us have been prayed over. Many of us have been told that this is what God has in store for you. This is God's plan for your life. Maybe you have an unction in your spirit that this is what God wants you to do. But what is your purpose? You cannot fulfill God's plan. You cannot fulfill what has been prophesied over you. You cannot fulfill those things unless you clearly understand what is your ultimate purpose. What is your ultimate purpose? God may have a plan for our life. God may say this is what you're going to become. But what is your ultimate purpose? You may say that my purpose is to go to Portland, but what's the real reason that I need to go to Portland? What is the real reason why God wants you to do something? And what is your purpose for doing it, ultimately? In order to fully understand your ultimate purpose, you must first understand with clarity the new you. You must first understand who you are. And for once and for all, I want you to fully get this down into your spirit. Because it makes a big difference in, in moving forward. We have to transition in our minds from the, quote unquote, the religious things that we hear about church. We need to, to get out of our minds the things, the, I don't want to say rhetoric, but the dogma and the doctrine of man relative to the things of God. And if you're really wanting to grow in God and really want to realize what God has in store for you, you've got to understand what his purpose is for you and understand who you really are on a deep spiritual level. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is united with Jesus, he is a new creation. That means that old things are passed away and that you are a new person. The minute you decided to come to the Lord, the minute you decided to give your heart to Jesus, that's when you've become a new person. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus, if you have not, not formally, so to speak, given your life to the Lord, it's very simple. You don't need to do a fancy prayer. It's simply you going before God and repenting of your sins and asking God to, to, to forgive you of your past life and, and asking the Lord to come into your life. Say, Lord, I can't manage my life the way it's been going. I've got too many impossible things going on. Lord, come into my life and take control. That is giving your life to the Lord. And at that particular point, you become a born-again Christian. Old things are passed away. Jesus taught that we must be born again. John 3, 1 to 8, talks about that. The phrase born again also means to be born from above. Jesus answered when he was questioned. He said, I assure you, I most solemnly tell you that unless a person is born again, born again anew from above, he cannot ever see or be acquainted with or experience the kingdom of God. Okay? Matter of fact, let's just go there. John 3. John 3. Because you clearly have to see and understand that you are a different person. You're a different person. You're not who you used to be. 
if you've given your, your life to the Lord and you've asked him to be, be your Lord and Savior, something, something mystical, spiritual that's taken place in your spirit. John 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to, to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God uh, be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter into the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind blows, listen to this, the wind blows where it lists or where it wants to go, and thou hearest the sound thereof. But you cannot tell whence it cometh and where it goes. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Underline that part, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. So he's saying that once you've undergone that spiritual experience of becoming born again, asking Jesus into your life, something new happens inside your spirit. No theologian can explain exactly how that is, how that works, but you are a different being. You're not the same as you were. So therefore, the things in this world that trouble you, the things in this world that are giving you difficulty, you really have some, um, you, 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 you have some, some handle over you, because you are not the old physical person that you used to be. It says here, it, says, it talks about how the spirit goes and comes as it pleases and you don't know where it's going or where it's coming. Well, when you become born again, the thing for you to remember here, the critical part here is, is that where it says, so is everyone who is born of the spirit. So if you've been born of the Spirit and if you've asked Jesus into your life, then you're a new creation. You are born of the Spirit. So that means that everyone who is born of the Spirit is led by the Spirit, even though you don't know where it's going. If you've given yourself to God and you really trusted him, your spirit is something different inside. And now you are led by the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, so is everyone who is born of the spirit. So if you're a born again child of God, you have to be in a position where you're just following the Holy Spirit. You're just following the flow. Things are going on in your life and you don't understand what's going on. You drop down on your knees and you're praying to God. Oh, Heavenly Father, please help me out of this situation. Lift me out of the situation. While you may not see and understand where it's going. You've committed yourself, you must commit yourself to follow the Spirit of God. Okay? Okay? Everyone who is born of the Spirit follows the Holy Spirit. When you go back to basics, which is where I want to go briefly before I get back to understanding the ultimate purpose, you are a spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.23 speaks of this. And at the core of you is your spirit. You are your spirit. You are a spirit. Your spirit connects you to God, who is the source of light and life in your life. Your your mind and your your emotions are are, are housed in in, in your mind or in your soul. That's where where your personality is, how you think and how you judge things and so on. Through your physical body, you are able to interact with the physical realm. That's how the three parts come into being here. Your body and your physical senses receive information from the physical realm. Your spirit and spiritual senses receive spiritual information from the kingdom of God. Understand that now. 
your mind and your body receives input from your from the from the physical realm and from what's going on around you. But your spirit, which is really what is connected, God receives information from God. Okay, and this is what you really need to get down into your spirit if you really want to understand and benefit from and understanding what your ultimate, what your real purpose is in life. Again, someone may have said to you, prayed over you, laid hands on you, and said that you're going to do this, you're going to be this. But if you don't understand what your real purpose is, you'll never fulfill what was prophesied over you. Your soul receives information from, from uh, both the physical world and, from, and your body. But it is your spirit that actually takes, takes that information and interprets it, hopefully, in, fall in line with the Holy Spirit. You are meant to be a spirit being united with Jesus Christ. You're meant to be a spirit being united with Jesus Christ. You're not on this planet by yourself. Even though when times may be difficult and challenging going and you can't figure out where the solutions are going to come from, you are not by yourself on this planet. One of the titles of Jesus Christ is the word of God. You see that in John 1.1. The expression for word is the Greek word logos. Logos is where we get the word logic from. Logos is not just a word that is spoken. It also means the thought. It means the way of thinking, the intelligence of God. It it communicates an image, a revelation, an idea, and a blueprint. Jesus Christ is the living expression of God the Father. He is the Father's communication and revelation in every single way. You can't separate God from his word. You can't. There's no way that you can say that God is saying one thing and that his word is saying another because you can't separate the truth, the two. All that God is, creates and reveals is through Jesus Christ. The word of God also refers uh, to the Holy Bible as written communication from God. The Bible is given to us so we can know and recognize truth. If you're not reading the Bible, then you can't recognize truth. If you're not reading the Bible and being led by that Holy Spirit, you won't be able to discern the truth from when somebody comes along and tells you something different, something contrary to the Bible. You have to be drawing on God. Receiving and believing God's word in your heart imparts his will and his ways to you. His desire is God's DNA, if you will. It's his DNA. It's what he's made of. When you receive his word, you receive God. When you receive his word, you receive God. You've been born again now, not from a mortal origin, not from a a physical seed, but from one that is immortal by the ever-living and lasting word of God, according with 1 Peter 1.23. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the message that tells you that you are rescued from a life of sin and you're made holy. When you heard the gospel, deep inside your heart, the Spirit of God told you that is truth. How many times have you read the word of God or heard the word of God? And something inside of you said, that's truth. That's truth with a capital T. And if you know God, if you're getting to the point that you're really understanding him, then while someone may come up and tell you something differently, it will not register to you as truth. If you're really, really versed in the, in the word of God and you're letting the Holy Spirit guide you. You wanted to be free from sin and you desired a new life. You then made a heart decision to believe and trust God, which is faith. For it is by grace that you are saved. Nothing that you could do. It's by grace. All right. I'm giving you some background information here now just to get you to the point that you really, really understand who you are before you can realize what your ultimate purpose is of this life. When you accepted God's grace by believing his word, you received Jesus Christ and he received you. The words of God are not just words. They carry his spirit and they actually create life. 
Brother Brandon talked last week about the sword of the spirit and how in Jesus in the the, uh, days in the wilderness where he was being tempted by the devil, he used the, the word of God to defeat the devil. God's words are life. In the kingdom of God, everything is spirit and has life. You got to understand what you are trying to tap into here. And when you're coming to church and you're praying to God, you've got to really understand what you're tapping into, that this is a spiritual realm. Revelation of Jesus Christ comes through the Holy Spirit as you receive communication from God. Now, please understand this. When you are born from above, your spirit becomes one with the spirit of Jesus Christ. We're getting into now what is your ultimate purpose. We've got to shift our mind thinking from, from, from man's doctrine and what we have traditionally thought about, about worshiping God and about going to church to the part of our lives that is 24-7, 365 a year or 366 a year if it's leap year. Amen. We've got to get away from the thinking that I am just in this physical realm and I'm going to church and I'm reading the Bible. There is something going on in us and with us in relation to God that we are many times not even aware of because of the fact that you're a spiritual being. So you've got to get your minds, your head out of this physical realm and out of the, the, the physical confines of doctrinally going to church into what do I do after church and what do I do during the week? What do I do 24-7 when I'm not in church? What do I do when I'm not around pastor? What do I do when I'm not reading the Bible? How am I supposed to be living my life? What is really going on? You see, just because you may not believe or understand the deep spiritual things that we're about to get into here, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that they are not so. You may not believe in gravity. You can't see it. You can't taste. You can't touch it. But I guarantee you go up on the roof of this building and jump off. You're going to hit the ground. These spiritual realities are existing whether you are subscribing to or believing in them or not. And when things in our lives start going topsy-turvy upside down and we start doing all of the other stuff, and we start realizing, well, things aren't happening, okay, then there may be something that you're missing. You're not really, really understanding your relationship to God, okay? What is your real ultimate purpose in life? The born-again spirit is a new creation, the new you. Your spirit is now joined with the spirit of Christ. You are sons or daughters of God. God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, okay? Jesus Christ is as close to you as your own heart. Now, many folks don't believe that, or they find it hard to believe. But Jesus Christ is as close to you as your own heart. He is part of you, and you are part of him. His promise is that he will never leave you, never reject you. You see? Now, what do we do, though? We go by our feelings. When things start going awry in our lives, and it starts hurting and feeling uncomfortable, we don't understand how things are going to work out. We, we simply overlook the fact that Jesus is right there in us and near us. We really overlook that. And you've got to get to the point that you, and, and it is it's not, it isn't really something that is very, hate to say this, but it isn't something that is very intuitive. It doesn't come to man naturally, so to speak. You've got to really open your heart and your mind and your eyes, your spiritual eyes and your spiritual ears to understand what God is saying to you to get you to the point where you really, really know and believe that God is near you. That God is near you. I'm jumping ahead a little bit here, but one of the things that you need to really try doing you talk to God? Sure, I pray all the time. Not what I asked. I said, do you talk to God? Well, I pray in the morning, I pray in the afternoon, I pray at lunch. That's not what I ask. I said, do you really talk to God? You see, if you really, really believed, again, I'm getting way past man's doctrine, 
getting what the word of God is really saying, what Holy Spirit is trying to tell you. If you can really get to the point that you talk to God, you'll see the difference. You'll see a, difference, you'll see a change in the relationship. And when I say talk to him, I mean literally talk to him. You get up in the morning, you say, you say good morning to your wife or your husband or your children, your kids, your whatever. You, you say hello to them, good morning. You say good morning to God. I mean literally, good morning, God. Morning, Lord Jesus. Morning, Holy Spirit. Oh, Heavenly Father, I'm about to go out here. Gee whiz, God, to get in this car. I got to go to the office or wherever I have to go and blah, blah, blah. Do you literally say to God, God, get in this car, go with me. Give me a safe trip. This crazy's on the road today. Do you talk to God? You know, you may say to your husband or to your wife or to your friend or whomever, okay, yeah, I'm going out here, boy, I really don't like going this, I don't like that route, da, da, da. You ever try saying that to God? Literally, talking to God. God, I'm going to the doctor. Going to do this. Lord, give me the strength. Lord God, I pray, guide that doctor in making the right decisions. Do you talk to God? You've got to get away from this, from this uh, doctrinal thinking. Jesus reveals the Father, and he is the way to the Father. God's word says, uh, but when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. Holy Spirit will reveal it. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from God the Father. He will reveal and speak to you what is to come. Holy Spirit will tell you what is to come. Holy Spirit, you know, I, I ask the Lord, and my wife will tell you, when I go into a parking space, Lord, should I park here? I'm, I'm serious. Should I park here? And if I hear otherwise or I feel otherwise, I'll choose another parking space. And I've told you before, proof of that was when I parked, when I had that little unction in my spirit. I was in the parking lot at Best Buy and left the car there. When I came out, the truck that I had parked in front of, uh, behind, I should say, he backed up. He had a tow hitch on the back of it, crushed the front of my bumper, did a lot of damage to the car. And as I walked away, the Holy Spirit, didn't I tell you don't park there? And I heard it as clear as a bell. Don't park there. I heard it. But I, I ignored it. I ignored it. I'm telling you, you need to get to the point where you are talking to God. Now, to get to your ultimate purpose. To be one with God. Now that you have a better understanding, hopefully, of who you are, to understand your ultimate purpose, you must look at, your, at our Creator and understand His desire for you and your life. This is the prayer that Jesus prayed for you. Let's go to John 17. Your ultimate purpose in life. You know, when it says that, you know, you, we've all grown up as children probably in understanding that the Bible says that there is more to life than this. There's more to life than that. Oh, you better believe it. There's a lot more to life. There's a lot more. John 17. And we're just going to do. 20 and 21. Neither. Well, let's, let's do 19. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word, that they may be one. Underline, please, that they may be one, that they may be one, that they may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Underline that, please, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me.
God wants you to be one with him, united in holy love in the deepest possible relationship. This is what you were created for. You weren't created to go on a mission trip to the deepest part of Africa to save a hundred souls. You weren't created to become the, the, the penultimate pastor with a ministry of 10,000 people worldwide. You weren't meant to, to go out and just be such a strong personality that you just draw people to the Lord. What you were meant to be is become one with God, according to Jesus, to become one with God. That was his prayer. You were created for this. The way that God has chosen for you to be one with him is that you become one with his son, Jesus Christ. Now, I'm taking you into some deep spiritual concepts here, so you've got to really throw out the man's doctrinal thinking and, and talking about what the church is and what your purpose in life is all about. Okay? It's for you to be one with him is that you become one with his son, Jesus Christ. Go to John 14. You know, when you get to, when you get to understand this, you'll see your life is so much different because your life will, will have a different focus. The things that were so important in life will all of a sudden, you'll see, are really in second, third, fourth, fifth place. John 14, verse number one. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Underline, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Underline, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said unto him, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto, unto the Father but by me. Now, the very powerful point that you have to understand you can't get to God without Jesus Christ. And if you remember, prayed it during when we were doing the communion. I mentioned at the time Jesus gave up the ghost, the spirit, that the veil in the temple was torn in two. It was ripped. That veil separated the most holy place from the holy of holies, which was the innermost court, which is where God resided, if you will. Man didn't have access to that before Jesus' death and resurrection. The only one who had access was the, was the high priest. Remember, once a year he could go in there, and he did that on behalf of the people. When that veil in that temple was torn in two, it was signifying that now, because of Jesus, through Jesus, you now have access to God directly. Through Jesus. So when you start thinking about things that's going on in your life and what is my purpose, first of all, remember your relationship to God through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me, comes to the Father except by me. If you are a follower and believer in Jesus, because he says that I am the way, that means that you can't get lost. If you're following Jesus, you simply can't get lost. You can't be drawn astray. You can't be pulled off course if you're in Jesus. When it says that, he says that I, that I am the way, I am the truth. If you know Jesus Christ and you know the truth, that means that you can't be lied to. You, you cannot be lied to. If you know Jesus and he's in you and you're in him, when people are trying to tell you things that are contrary to the word of God, you'll recognize that that is not truth. Okay? And you can't be deceived. And it says that he's the life, you can't die. Jesus is the life, so that means you can't die. 
Now, obviously, I'm not talking about a physical death. The word of God says it is appointed to all men once to die. I'm talking about Jesus. Talking about is, is spiritual death. You cannot die. You have a life in eternity. And make no mistake about it, every single human being on this planet Earth, from the most vilest person in some of the, you know, terrorist states on this world or whatever, to, to whatever, every single person on this planet will spend eternity in one of two places. One of two places. Not my words, but the word of God says. But if you're following Jesus, you're guaranteed eternal life with him in heaven. Go to Ephesians 1. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 1, chapter, uh, verse number 3. Ephesians 1, oops. Blessed be the God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. You were chosen before the foundation of the world, having predestinated us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, this is, this is your position in God. You've been adopted, adopted as his child. To the praise of the, of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he has abounded toward us in all, in all our wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, underline, underline uh, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, Having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. You have an inheritance being predestinated according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be in the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. All right. So the first thing and one thing I want you to underline here is uh, we have number nine. I think you underlined having made unto us the mystery of his will. God has made known unto you the mystery of his will. But the problem is that many of us just don't believe it. God has revealed his will. God is revealing his will to you. But many of us just don't believe it. We go through this life and we we focus on so many other things that we don't understand the mystery of his will. You're getting some of that mystery of his will today. What is the ultimate purpose of your life? What it really is. Again, we get so sidetracked in thinking, oh, well, gee, was, I was prophesied over, or the Lord told me, or this and that, and this, that I was going to do this. The Lord wants me to bring this, to do this for him. The Lord wants me to work all that. But if you don't understand what is your ultimate purpose, you will not be able to realize that. In our union with Jesus Christ, we actually enter into his relationship with our Holy Father. He chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. You were chosen. God knew who you were before, before your great, 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 great grandmother and so on down the line. Amen? 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 
He laid the foundation. He ordained us as one with Christ from the beginning so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an, with an, un, uh, with an unstained innocence. God created you to be united with him in holy love. This is a walk that, that many of us un, don't understand and we miss doing. God created you to be united with him in holy love forever. This is your ultimate purpose. That's your ultimate purpose, to be united with God. You'll never become all of the things that you were prophesied, you were prophesied over what God said he wants you to be. You'll never get to that if you don't understand that your purpose in life is to be one with him. This is your ultimate purpose. Not just what may have been prophesied, but what God is wanting you to really do to become one with him. This is beyond amazing. God so desires you that he wants you to be one with him in the same relationship that he has with his son. You ever think about that? When the word of God said that Jesus was the first born again, why did he emphasize first? Meaning that there'd be others that were born again, be born again. If you've given yourself to Jesus Christ, you've asked himself to be your Lord and Savior, then you're born again. Jesus was the first. When I get to heaven, out of curiosity, I'll ask the Lord, what number am I? Am I number 6,689, whatever, whatever, be born again? But Jesus was the first, so you're born again. But he wants you to have that same relationship that his son had with him. Can you understand that? That's, that's, that is your purpose. When God created Adam, what was his real purpose? God created Adam to be in fellowship with him, to be one with him. Okay? The word gets on, it gets a little more specific about that. Go to John 1, uh, back to John, John 1. Oh, this is good stuff. You really stop to think about, I mean, when I was putting this together, I mean, it was even, it, 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 it was a revelation to me in that while I've strived for so many years to achieve and do whatever it is that God is wanting me to do, and I spent a lot of time with him. I've been doing that talking thing forever. It just felt very natural to me. My wife will tell you. She'll hear me in the bedroom or whatever. And she's in another place. And, and she said, you say something to me? I said, no, just talking or just praying. Because she hears me talking out loud. Now, it can seem a little strange at first if you're not used to it. Somebody in your house, they're not in the same room as you. And there's nobody else in another room. And you hear that person talking. Sounds a little weird. But then I'm weird like that, okay? Because I take God at his literal word. God says to talk to me. God says to speak to me. And so I speak to him. I literally say words and I talk to him. John chapter 1. First one. In the beginning was the word and the word was God. The word, uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and life was the light of men. In him was the life, and the life was the light of men. Jesus has always been with the Father, and he always, and he was always face to face with the Father. He was always face to face in communion with the Father. In the very, very beginning, God was already there, and before his face was the living God. Before his face was the living God. His living word was with God, yet he was fully God. They were together, face to face. In our union with Jesus, we have access to God the Father in face-to-face communion. Now picture this now, in face-to-face communion with God. 
Let's go to Ephesians again. Okay? The reason why you read John, because I want you to really understand how close Jesus and God were and are. Okay, uh, chapter 1, verse number 4. Okay? I, I go to 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. There it is again. God has blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us into the adoption of, uh, am I on the right ones here? Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, five, having predestinated us unto the adoption of, of our children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath, uh, wherein he hath, when he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself. And we just pause there a moment. Okay. According, according as he has chosen us before the foundation of the world, that we should be holding without blame before him in love. The phrase before him. Before I get out of, out of, out of step here now. The phrase before him in love. It means face to face. When God is saying before him, it is meaning face to face. Jesus is not standing before God with his back turned, obviously. It means before him means face to face. In Genesis 17, verse 1, it says, When Abram was 90 years old, uh, 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me, before me, and be thou perfect. Again, the phrase before me means face to face. The phrase to be perfect means both present and future, now and in years to come, things to come. From God's perspective, we are already made perfect in Christ because of what he accomplished on the cross. When the Father looks at you, he sees Christ in you. You see, I'm talking again about a relationship here. In being face-to-face with God, it means like being really close to him. As one with him, our journey is to come into the realization, from our perspective, we are in a process of coming into agreement with the way the Father sees us and perspective in his truth. While God sees us as having to attain what he created us for, we still struggle. In other words, what I'm saying is that God knows what he has created us for. And God sees us as, as having already achieved that, have, that we are already at that place. But in the meantime, while we are in this life, we are struggling to get there. Does that make sense to you? What I'm saying to you is that God sees you in a different place than where you see yourself. God sees you as having attained the, 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 the place in the relationship uh, to him that he wants to have, but we don't see it yet. So therefore, we struggle. God sees you as having achieved your goal. You can't see it. You can't see what God does. So therefore, on a daily basis, we go through and we do the things that we do, struggling to make our lives make sense. 
All right. We struggle trying to make our lives make sense because we don't understand how God sees us. If you can understand and relate to how God sees you, then you can start relating to him in that same fashion. You see, but because of the fact, getting back to my original point, because of the fact that we don't understand the real ultimate purpose of being with God and relating to God, we don't see the success that we already have as God sees it. God sees the end. When you, whatever you went through over the last week, two weeks, month, six months, year, whatever you struggled through and whatever God delivered you through, whatever, whatever pain or whatever struggle or whatever tribulation you're going through right now, you do not see the end result the way God does. In God's mind, in God's world, in God's kingdom, it is done and it has been taken care of. Okay, but because of the fact that we aren't relating and we're not face to face with God as much as we should be, we don't see the end that God already sees. And so we spend our lives struggling to get there because we're trying to do what God already sees, you see, as done. So what God is saying here is that I gave you spiritual blessings in heavenly places. What you need to do is to get face to face with me. Face to face with me. Your ultimate purpose is to be one with God. If you can get to the point that you are one with God and you're face to face with him and you're talking to him regularly, which helps you to get face to face with God. If you can get to that point when things in your life come up, when, when, you, when you hit the struggles and you're talking to God, God will say to you, here's the end result. Here's the end result. You see, but we spend so much time being caught up in other things, trying to be spiritual trying to be spiritual based on man's doctrine and what man says to us, that we forget the very, very basic thing of God. Let me get face to face with you. You can't be face to face with God as Jesus was or with him by turning your back and just praying occasionally. You can't get face to face with God by reading your Bible once once a a week when you come to church on Sunday. You can't get face to face with God when you're praying to God occasionally. You can't get face to face with God when when, when, when you, you, you get involved for two hours on a Sunday and then after you leave here, your mind is off someplace else. Now, God knows that we have a physical world to live in. We have children to care for. We have family members. We've got food shopping to do. We've got a hundred other things to do. But the thing is, is about it, in staying, in staying face-to-face to God, you can do all of those things. But the secret is, the ultimate purpose in this life, if you want to realize what you believe God is calling you to do, is when you're doing those other things, is that you're involving God. You're taking God to Winco. I was looking for something. I think it was a box of waffles, frozen waffles. And the dates, believe it or not, in the freezer were like next week or something like that. And I said, I'm not buying these waffles because who knows how long they've been there in the first place. I said, Lord, I said, Lord, there must be a box with some, with some later dates than that that are fresher. I'm perceiving to be fresher or whatever. I said, Lord, where, where are they? And, and I saw another pile in the back of the freezer. I reached back to that back of the freezer and there they were. There they were. Something as simple as, as, as waffles. Now, thank God nobody was standing next to me because they may have thought I was strange. Lord, where's the fresher waffles, you know? But I'm saying, but I'm saying to you that, and, and this may sound strange, but this is what I do. This is what I do. Now, this doesn't mean to say that I never have changes and challenges in my life. Oh, I got plenty of changes and challenges in my life. But it's how I handle them. I get face to face with God. I get more. I say, good morning, Lord. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Lord. Lord, what should I do today? Doing something in the garage and I was trying to figure out how to get it hung up there. I, I literally asked the Lord, Lord, what's the best way to approach doing this? 
I, I was putting some new bulbs into the garage there and using one of those pole things. The bulb got stuck and jammed into the socket. I could tell that it was crooked because it was locked in tight. See him laughing because he knows exactly what that feels like back there. And the thing was, was locked in tight. And I literally prayed and said, Lord, help me get this bulb out of the socket. Which way should I turn it? And I realized I just heard in my spirit, put the stick on a slant like that and then turn it. And it came out. Get God involved in all this. Do. Get face to face with God. Your ultimate purpose in this life is not so much to be the, um, uh, the, the, the pastor of the biggest ministry, the one to save the world with converting people, the one to go out and minister to the poor and bring the most people to the Lord. Yeah, God may have to be the biggest evangelist. God may have, may have anointed you to do that. God may be saying that's where you're going to end up, but I tell you, you won't get there unless you can learn to get face to face with God. That's your ultimate purpose. God wants you to be where Adam would have been originally. God wants you to be, according to the words we just read here, to be where his son Jesus Christ is. But when the troubles in your life pop up, if you forget about that and you get buried in your sorrows and worrying about how things are going to work out, that's taking you further from God because God has the answer. God knows how they're going. You see, and, and then the beautiful thing about it is that, gee whiz, you know, if God can tell me where the waffles are, if God can tell me how to get a crooked light bulb, light bulb out of the socket, okay, if God can tell me where to park and so on, God can certainly handle the other things in my life, okay? But you've got to get to the point, understand, what's your purpose? Your purpose is to be right there with God. Colossians 2, 1 to 10, that Jesus is our guide through this process. Jesus Christ is the journey and the destination to be one with God the Father. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Okay? You cannot look at this thing, you know, philosophically. It is not by random chance. It's not by random chance that you're hearing this today. It's not by random chance. There's a reason. There's a reason. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring for, for you. I don't know what this afternoon is going to bring for you. I don't know what next week is going to be for you. But there's a reason that you're hearing this today. Maybe God is telling you that it's time for you really to understand your purpose and to realign your life. And if not, to realign it for your sake. Do it for the sake of your loved ones. Do it for the sake of your wife, your husband, your children. Do it for the sake of anyone that's in your family. Maybe God wants you, in order for you to realize the, 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 what, you, what you have perceived as being where God wants you to be and your destiny in him, maybe God wants you to realize that you'll never achieve that destiny if you can't get face to face with me. Okay? I mean, stop and think about it logically even. Can you do your job without being face to face at some point with your boss? Can you, can you do your job without interfacing at some point with your boss? Maybe it's not every day, maybe it's not every hour, but at some point you've got to talk, talk to the person that's supervising you, that's your boss, you've got to do that. How can you expect to be led by God and to do the deep spiritual things that you want to do for God? I mean, boy, I mean, your intentions may be great. But as my mom used to always say, the road to hell is paved with great intentions. Great intentions. Your intentions in God may be great, but if you're missing that fundamental thing, that desire that God has for you, how is he going to guide you to become this master evangelist or this master prophet or this master whatever that you, that you want to be spiritually in, in the church or whatever? Whatever it is I want to do, when you're not spending time with God, I mean face to face with God. Not an occasional prayer, you see? And, and the beauty about being face to face with God is that in addition to prayer is that if you can talk to me, if you can talk to your husband or whoever is in your house with you, 
if you can talk to that person, you can talk to God. The beautiful thing about the construct of Christianity, which means a follower of Christ, coined simply, Paul simply coined that phrase there, uh, in Ephesus, Ephesus, I think it was, uh, he, Christianity simply means a, a follower of Christ. If you're really a follower of Christ, then how are you going to do that without being face-to-face with him? Okay? And, and, and you can't be a follower of Christ simply by hearing a good sermon. You can't be a follower of Christ by simply jumping in your car and hearing, uh, oh, brother so-and-so is appearing at the Astrodome up in Timbuktu, and I'm going to get a ticket, I'm going to go fly there, and here there's uh, 10,000 people there, and every 10,000 people are saved, and, which is a wonderful, great thing. But you go there and you're not face to face with God. What are you really benefiting spiritually there? You see, shift that man's doctrine thinking aside and get into the deep spiritual realities of what Christianity really is all about. This is why the Jews didn't understand where Jesus was coming from. This is why the scribes and Pharisees, you know, moved to have him crucified because Jesus Christ was, he was upsetting the apple cart. The Jews had all of these rules and regulations, but they didn't know God. The beautiful thing about being face-to-face, your ultimate purpose, is that you don't need a whole lot of these and thous. God doesn't have to speak in King James language, Old English. Talk to him. Let him know how much you love him. If you do, something else to ask yourself. Do you really love God? Do you really, really love God? Do you really, really love him to the extent that you just trust him? Explicitly. Okay? It's not by random chance that you're hearing this. If you hope this is true and you have a desire to be one with God, your Father in heaven, that desire is his invitation to you today. And God is calling you. God is calling you today. He's saying it to you right now. Come talk to me. Come get face to face with me. You get in the habit of doing that, and I guarantee you, your life will change. Your ultimate purpose is to be one with him. You are connecting to his desire. That is the beginning of entering into union with him. You're here today, and you're hearing this message so that you're connecting. Direct your heart to face him, trust him, and rest in him. It's all about receiving the grace that your father offers freely through Jesus Christ. Get face to face to God with God. And I don't care what's going on in your life, you know, and, and I'm telling you, because I've been there over the years, I mean, what drove me to the Lord way back in 1980 was things that were going on that I just totally felt helpless in, even though I'd been going to church basically all my life. Things were going on in my life that just seemed totally impossible. I had no way could I get a handle on what was going on. And I literally fell down on my my face on the floor and just said, Lord, Jesus, come into my life. I can't handle this. I don't know the answers. I can't do this. Every single thing I seem to try just doesn't work out. And I just felt his arms. I kid you not, his arms around me embracing me. And then I knew. I knew that I was home. I knew that I was where I was supposed to be. So if you've got something that's going on in your life right now, give it to the Lord. If you don't already know the Lord Jesus Christ, then, then, then go and meet him. Give your heart to the Lord Jesus and ask him to come into your life to take care of what's going on. And he'll bless you. He'll handle it. Amen. Amen. Come face to face with God. Be one with him. 
that's your, your ultimate, your ultimate objective, your ultimate purpose in life. Don't let anyone fool you into thinking that it's something else. The ultimate purpose is to be one with God. Praise God. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us honor God with our tithes and offerings.